You are listening to the Your Shining Self podcast for women who need messages of hope, love, and transformation. And now, your host, Tish. Hey there, listeners. Tish from ShiningSelf.com and the Your Shining Self podcast. As always, I want to say thank you for listening. And if you want the show notes from today's episode, be sure to head on over to shiningself.com forward slash episode 25. Dr. Yam, I am so excited to have you here with me today and my Your Shining Self listeners. So the topic that we're going to talk about today is we are going to talk about how you climbed the corporate and professional ladder, but unexpectedly you slipped and fell. And that's, I'm saying that with quotes around that. We're not talking about an actual physical fall. So can you just give my listeners a little bit of a story? What did you do in your corporate and professional life before you started your business? Yeah, thank you so much, Tish, for having me on. Tisha, for having me on. I'm certainly honored to be a part of uh, your community of listeners and learners. Um, so yes, <clears throat> prior to me launching my uh, consulting firm, I was in the K-12 industry, primarily education. And even started that quite non-traditionally. And the fact that I started vocational work in being a drafts person, an architectural drafts person, came out, went to trade school um, and began uh, my uh, career in that vocation in that lane. And then over the years, uh, gained skills in technology and also just love to train and teach others. And that kind of evolved to me going into the teaching profession. So I switched gears and left the non-instructional, went over to the instructional lane in, in the same school district, in fact. And uh, through that growth, uh, managed to uh, get my full earned degree, my bachelor's. And I was offered a job to leave the district and pursue uh, a more corporate life, in a sense. I was offered... Uh, an opportunity to move. I was in South Florida at the time and it was an opportunity to move to someplace I would have never thought to have gone. And that was to Northwest Indiana. Wow. And, uh, but you know, you're young, you're like, what the heck? And so, <laughs> and you know, so I pursued that and it was, that was, a, you know, all part of the professional growth and the uh, plan for me and my profession and pursuing uh, advanced degrees and also gaining lots of great learning experiences and getting good mentors. And um, I even went back to the school district that I left, um, got an administrative position and um, left again and went to another state I would have never thought to have gone and that was Oklahoma. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Uh, And then, that was another great one. I actually worked for the district there and then left there. I went to uh, work for an educational consulting firm, but I got to work from home. So the life of working remotely uh, started for me. And once you get that bug, it's kind of hard to let it go. Um, and then in doing so, got recruited to go back into a district level position, which uh, for for those who are familiar with that industry, it's a a district level administration. So I was uh, serving as a a chief academic officer for a district in New York. Uh, And that would, I would say was kind of along what what one would consider 
I don't say the apex of an academia career in K-12, but once you've kind of been in that level of, you know, almost an assistant superintendent and, and along those lines, you, you kind of are on a trajectory. And it was there that um, I was in my height of a career, professional career. And then things kind of took a turn. So let me stop you for one second, Dr. Yam. When you say you were in the height of your career, what does that mean to you? You know, I think for me, when you're in this constant growth and of pursuit of professional uh, job titles, uh, career ladders, um, gaining the experiences, completing the advanced degrees that afford you the opportunity to qualify for such positions. And um, so I use that term is probably not the greatest, but um, that's for me, it was like when you get to that level of, of what we call like C-level, uh, corporate ladder level, uh, senior level positions, that's kind of a top level uh, accomplishment. Thank you for sharing that. And the reason I asked you was because one word can have so many different meanings yeah. for so many people. So when I key in on a word that I hear somebody use, I'm uh -huh. like, hmm, I'm going to ask them to explain what that means to yeah. them. Yeah. Because, you know, for me, when I think of um, a height of a career, it could be totally different than what, you know, you were um, experience when you were at the height of your career. So it helps me to understand, you know, where you were at at that point in your life. So thank yeah, you again for, um, and, and you make it another great point about in, at that point in my career, because there was certainly more, uh, uh, more to do and grow and be. Um, but at that point in time, that was uh, from, from me and similar people getting to that level in the period of time for which I did it, uh, it was an accomplishment, you know, and, and I took my, I take my profession very serious, my career very seriously. I, I consider it a blessing and an honor. Uh, at the same time, I, I do work really hard. Yes. So the one thing that I didn't mention when we started chatting was, um, you know, I mentioned the quote unquote, the slip and fall, not the actual slip and fall, but we're using that as yeah. a, I don't even know how to explain what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, but the one thing that I didn't mention was as this is happening, the slip and fall, you are also going through the loss of a parent and taking on the caretaker role of another parent. Yeah. So, so first, before we go into the caretaker role and the loss of a parent, can you let me and my listeners know what was that quote unquote slip and fall that you unexpectedly experienced when you're at the height of your career? Sure. So as I shared, once going into a district level administrative position as I was in, um, it, it's very public position. I, uh, was uh, at the um, direct report to the superintendent. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a public office, essentially. And there was a, a set of circumstances that came up uh, for me and another colleague where um, our contracts were in jeopardy, essentially. 
and <clears throat> we were, for legal purposes, we were terminated and such a, you know, that's not something you technically planned for, especially because it hadn't, it hadn't been in the contract that, that long, but to have taken, uh, to take that type of a, a leap of faith and taking the position and, and then um, things were going very well. You're doing your work, you're building your career, you're um, accomplishing the expectations as it relates to the work. And then from out of nowhere, unexpectedly, circumstances change. And How it long had you, you been in, a, in contract when this happens? Yeah, not that long, actually. I think it was, uh, we were, at, by the time we, I would say we were probably at eight months. Wow. Yeah. And so moving and changing and excitement and shift and change and all those emotions, right, that kind of go along with it. And you're in a happy place, you're in a good place. And then things didn't um, turn out, you know, successful, you know, uh, successfully for me. Um, and we had to um, leave. And so we were part of, you know, it's, it's a board decision. And we are, and so just uh, out of transparency, I am in litigation. So I, I won't be able to speak on it too much other than to okay. say that it was a, the fall, while we, t we speak of it in a metaphoric uh, manner, it was a fall that hurt. There was a lot of, of pain that comes with one, lo it, it, you know, losing a job and it is, is very sim has some very similar emotions to that of losing a, a loved one or losing something that you really care for. Absolutely. And uh, so that uh, for me was, uh, it, it was, it's, it still hurts. It's, it's a very painful experience and then an emotional one. And then because of the nature of my work at the time, um, it, it became public facing, meaning that it was, uh, it made the news. So um, that did not make it any less hurtful. Um, and so recovering from that fall is something I continue to do every day. Thank you for sharing that. I can't even begin to, you know, wrap my head around. So not only, um, you know, from what I'm hearing you say, not only are you, you know, dealing with how you're feeling inside and yourself, now all of a sudden this is being taken public. So, you know, the minute that you take me and my listeners to the moment when you realize that this is being taken public, what are you feeling and thinking at that time? Well, you know, for me, it, I go into survivor mode because, you know, you're talking about one's livelihood and also, a prof and again, my professional credibility is kind of put uh, put at stake and at in jeopardy, you know. In as much as K twelve, there are lots of school districts across the country, and lots of kiddos and all of that. the 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 industry can, in and of itself, be rather a small circle, and 
so you're trying to fight for your job, fight for your career, um, which we, you know, we did before it was all said and done. And, and again, because of the legality matters, you know, it's not, we're not over it. Right. Um, and I'm certainly not over it. There's still, you know, I tell people, you know, how the, the whole thing about the five stages of anger. Um, so it's, um, I'm still at one of those, you know, the stages of, you know, I haven't forgotten it, obviously. There's, there's still pain there um, because, uh, you know, you, you think in your head that, okay, this is going to be my career and I'm going to be this. And you never see, you never think of anything bad happening to you. Right. Right. You never think about that. And so you kind of go into this defense mode, you go into survivor mode. And so the emotions were very high, highs and lows, um, because you're, you're kind of like, okay, now what do I do? And that kind of, on top of the pain, I was already, I was still in mourning, you know, for having lost my dad. And um, so it, you know, all those things kind of compounding, um, it's, it's, it was just a lot to, to, to bear. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing all that. So, um, you know, you're, you just touched on, you lost your dad and um, you had mentioned, um, you know, about being caretaker of your mom. So how, how is that affecting, you know, you mentioned that you go into survivor mode. How are you coping with everything that's going on while dealing with the grief, the grief of losing your dad while stepping into caretaker of your mom? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think it, it, it was a decision, a conscious decision that I made um, because I had somehow moved back to Florida. I was in Oklahoma at the time of my father passing. My parents had already had been living in Florida. Um, uh, for some time. And um, so I, I had managed and I was working in the consulting firm. So I was a remote worker. So I, I did made the decision to sell my home in Oklahoma and move back to Florida to be the caregiver with, you know, just basic, my mother was certainly could take care of herself. She's, and she still can to this, you know, she's a very independent uh, individual. Thank God for that. Um, but it was, it was really a request of my dad to take care of her. Um, and so in doing that work and, and wanting to, and continuing to work, even remotely, I was still servicing clients and still, tra and that it involved travel and such. I, I am kind of, um, what I, in some of my, the work that I do, I'm considered, a, I'm a, I'm de-wired. So I'm, a, you know, dominant driven individual so that I'm just high wired that way. So I got the opportunity to, for the, the job that I lost was I was recruited into that position. So it was an opportunity for me to continue professionally and growing. And so, you know, when the, the offer was there, you know, I had the conversation with my mom and I was like, you know, how are we going to work this out? Because I wanted to continue to pursue my career and have a, my life, you know, but at the same time, knowing that, you know, there's, she had an emotion, a very emotional loss. We're talking about a, a, a marriage that had been about what, I guess about 47 years, 48 wow. years. Yeah, about 48 years uh, of marriage. 
And, and so that loss for her obviously was, was huge. And, and wanting to be there and be, be a comfort for her at the same time, having to kind of have work drive these two lanes, you know, like the career lane and the family lane. And how do, you, how do we as women, you know, make all that happen? And so that we keep that level of satisfaction for ourselves while being the giver at the same time. And that's the balance that we tend to have to do. So as you're going through all the, you know, the situation with, um, the career and everything happening there, the loss of your dad and now caretaking for your mom. How are you taking care of yourself through all of this? You know, um, fairly well. I mean, there was certainly some, there were days that I had breakdowns. I, I will not even begin to kid on that. Um, the demands of the job that I was in was very high. Um, it was a, a, a high need district. It required a lot of attention. I was managing a staff or leading a staff of about 40 people. Um, and in many instances, I was um, working long hours and nights because of all the nuances that come with um, a high needs school district. So there were just long days and stuff. So it was being mindful about taking care of oneself. Um, was another kind of a job to make sure that those things are kind of taken care of. But I would, I would, I'd, I'd be honest to say that there were days when, you know, you kind of just have those, those crying moments where um, you just got to let out the stress and the, and again, mourning, you know, that, that still takes place from time to time. I can so relate with the crying because I'm a crier <laughs> and I, you know, haven't experienced anything like what, you know, you're sharing your story about. Um, but yeah, sometimes you just have to let those tears flow because really for me personally, sometimes that's like the only thing that I know to do. And it just kind of releases like all the pent up, um, you know, like stress and ickiness mm -hmm. that I'm feeling. The situation doesn't go away, but right. it helps me to kind of have that moment and then, you know, push on and carry on with the rest of my day. Right, right. Um, Dr. Yam, so we kind of touched on it a little bit, but I want you to talk about now. So you are actually um, a, oh my gosh, a coach now. So <laughs> I don't know why that word slipped my mind. No, no. So you're a keep it simple coach for aspiring entrepreneurs on the rise. So take us to the moment that you decide to step into and kind of transition into the role of being a coach. Sure. Well, the fortune, the great fortune that I had was in this, uh, was because of the prior work that I had done, it embodied a lot of coaching and consulting. Um, both as an educational consulting firm I was in and also just in the work of, you know, leading others. Um, you, you want to serve as that mentor and that coach. And so you're able to transfer those skills. And so while in survivor mode and, um, you know, once the check starts coming, you got to start thinking about, well, how are we going to make the bills and make this, you know, work at the same time, you know, that things are getting shifts are happening. And um, what I managed to do is actually 
I managed to have really good working relationships with a lot of different people. And it afforded me the opportunity to have the good fortune of being able to have connected back with an individual that I had done some um, collaboration with in the past. And just in passing, they had heard about, you know, what had happened and they reached out and they were like, well, what are you going to do? And I was like, well, you know, um, I think I guess I'm going to have to do some independent consulting because I don't, you know, the, 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 the situation was such that the, the, I wasn't getting any calls for, I was applying for jobs. I still apply for jobs um, similar to what the work I was doing, but given the nature of being in litigation and also just everything, the baggage that came along with it, I, I wasn't getting any callbacks. Um, and so in speaking to this gentleman, it was funny because since I live in Central Florida, he offered, he, he was saying, well, where, where do you live? And I said, well, I live in Central Florida, not far from Orlando. And he was like, where do you live? I was like, yeah, I live just like in between Orlando and Daytona. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. He was like, I just left there. Wow. And I was like, really? He was like, yes, we just signed a contract with a school district, adjacent school district to where I live. And we need a project manager. And I was like, get out of town. (laughs) (laughs) So we had quick and in a hurry kind of a conversation. He was like, this is just too good to be true. And so, um, because he's literally said, I literally had just kind of hung up and told the guy, yeah, we just sealed the deal. But now we got to go find somebody <laughs> local. And uh, so it ended up working out. And so I kind of got my first, my first gig, right? My first contract um, as an ind- independent consulting. And actually, my, in, in doing so, I formulated uh, Synergy Solution Partners. Now, that is my K-12 leadership consulting firm. Um, that I, I run, and I also do, uh, I've, I've been able to, to grow that uh, somewhat with other contracts, and I've, I do hire uh, other coaches and consultants, and we work again in K-12 and leadership and corporate for corporations and all. Um, but one of the things that got me to go into the keep it simple coach in entrepreneurship is from my dad. Um, my dad uh, was an artist. And in all the forms, he did painting, he sculpted, he, t- he went from being a welder, took th- th- those trades and uh, skills and took, tied it with his art and became a jeweler. And that started as a hobby. And over time, he left his job and decided that that's what he wanted to do. And he's always had that kind of entrepreneurial burn. And I, and I certainly had it as a child. And um, over time, he worked for other people, but still doing his jewelry designs, custom work and all. And um, had that opportunity to kind of be in the shadow and, and watch and learn. Um, and back then, you know, we didn't have social media and all those things. Um, but I always had that kind of entrepreneurial burn as well. So when once the you know I was able to get some regular work, I the the passion for helping others because of my teaching um, 
experiences and which was in technology and, and in um, business education, um, all kind of got to roll into one and I just started helping other people. As I started to build my business, I was noticing that there's a lot of people who have a desire to want to start a business, but they lack confidence, they have fears, they may not have some capacities in understanding all the kind of nuances of starting and I, it just became part of me wanting to help other people. I love that and it's funny because well it's not funny I don't mean that I don't mean that in like a sense that it's funny but you know several people that I talk to that's how businesses um, have been born is just by their desire to help others or share their story. So I love that you mentioned that and what, you know, what an honor to your dad that you're now kind of following in his footsteps and the entrepreneurial, you know, spirit has taken over in you. So I really loved that. And Dr. Yam, this has just been a really great conversation and I kind of want to wrap things up now, but if we have a listener that is listening to us right now and they're going through some sort of situation where they're not only feeling, you know, some shame themselves, but something is going on publicly that is causing them to feel shame. Do you have one or two pieces of advice to help them, um, you know, not get over the situation? Because I don't know that we ever really truly honestly hundred percent get over situations, but right. we do move on from them. So is there some advice that you can give them to help them through this difficult time? Yeah, I, I think I kind of live by the, the law of attraction and the fact that what you, a belief in oneself is what's going to allow, afford you the opportunity to attract the good that's, that, that, you deserve to have and that you you have it within yourself to to bring out the best of what you have in you you may need help to get it to get it done you don't have to do this work alone there's an opportunity to uh, kind of what i call my three r's you can recover you can rebuild and you can reach for whatever your passion is and just know that no matter what, how dark of a situation it may be, um, you have the right to feel that pain and express it in any way that you feel works for you. And you also have a right to be angry. You can have, get that, yes. work through that anger. It's, it's not a shameful thing to be angry. I am still angry. I tell people, I'm still angry. Um, I may not express it every day, but it's certainly a pain point. And I, and I think that's maybe the best way of looking at it. It's just a point in a long line of points, right? That we are going to experience over time, but you don't let that one experience. And I learned this from a pastor friend of mine. Uh, it was through a, a different set of circumstances, but he said, you know, that, that instance does not define you. And so know that, any circumstance that you have, you are going through now or have gone through, it does not define you. You get to define who you are and who you want to be and how you want the world to see you. And if you take through, you know, there's an opportunity for you to have that anger, recover, 
you know, in, in the best way that works for you. Um, rebuild um, the life, the path that you have for yourself. Get the help that you need in order to make that happen for yourself. And um, like I said, reach, reach for whatever your desire and your passion is. Oh my gosh, that gave me goosebumps and I was jotting that down. Those three R's are just phenomenal pieces of advice. So again, to just kind of reiterate what you just said, the three R's that Dr. Jam, Dr. Jam, Dr. <laughs> Yam mentioned are recover, rebuild, and reach. And then the other thing that I absolutely loved that I jotted down also this situation does not define you. Um, I just think that is so important too, because I used to, um, you know, in my personal life, I'm an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. I've been sober for almost six years mm -hmm. and I used to let that define who I was. And there was so much shame around that. And yeah. now when I realized, you know, yes, I'm an alcoholic, but it does not define who I am today. And, you know, being able to share my story and um, just willing to be open and vulnerable about it, it's opened the door to help others. So yeah. I just really want my listeners to realize that, you know, they may be in a really tough point right now, but like you said, Dr. Yam, they can recover, rebuild and reach. Um, and this situation does not define them. So thank yeah. you so much for that. That was really good. Well, thank you. Well, Dr. Yam, thank you again for taking time out to be with me today. I really appreciate you being here. I know that my listeners are going to enjoy this episode just as much as I have enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you so much, Tisha. Hey there, listeners. Tish from ShiningSelf.com and the Your Shining Self podcast. As always, I want to say thank you for listening. And if you want the show notes from today's episode, be sure to head on over to ShiningSelf.com forward slash episode 25. That's a wrap for today's episode of the Your Shining Self podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a comment, and share with others that need a message of hope, love, and transformation.